0: The Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 204, Sunday, October 14th, 2012. This is The Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 204. I am Rob, you are Greg. Salutations and greetings. Or the other way around. And this is our special our special uh, episode where we
1: we open the 100-year-old oh, it, safe. <laughs> we crack finally crack the safe. What could be in this safe? It could be a stack of Confederate money. Yeah, it could be a lo- it could be like a stack of silver coins. Silver co- It could be gold coins. Now, you were telling me a story when I mentioned this the other night. And we were talking about silver coins. And you said something like, well, if I had known silver would be worth this much money now, because I guess a lot of people are buying silver, I would have kept my silver bars. So I figured you were just joking. And it turns out you, you had silver bars? What were they All right, talking listen. about?
0: <laughs> Our whole lives, right? Gold was worth, you know, the 1980s, 1990s. Gold was worth maybe like two or $300 an ounce. Yeah. Silver was worth $10 an ounce. Yeah. It was nothing. It was worthless. Almost. Well, it wasn't worthless, but yeah. $10 an ounce. Compared to gold, which was like 300 So, So, growing up, my grandparents very generously would buy my sister and I a... For, for Easter every year, I don't know why, but for Easter every year, they would buy my sister and I a little silver bar. Okay. I don't know if it was an ounce or two ounce. I don't know what it was. It was probably an ounce. Yeah. So every year, so I had this collection of these, these uh, silver bars with like rabbits engraved on them and Happy Easter mm-hmm. engraved on them. And, you know, I got to be a teenager, and I'm like, you know, silver, it's only worth $10 an ounce. What am I going to do with these things? It's like, I have like, you know, $50 worth of silver here. This is garbage. So I threw them in the cupboard. Ah. <laughs> I threw them out. Uh, I'm like, I don't know, what i what am I going to do with these things? Now, how much is silver worth all
1: these years later? I don't know how much it's worth, but... It's like it's like $300 an ounce. Oh, is it?
0: Yes. That could have been Ah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: $1,500! Welcome to the Pawnee Stevenson Show.
2: Threw it out. Well,
0: who knew, right? Wow. Listen, if I had known what things would be worth now, when I was growing up. So I would have saved all of my NES game boxes and instruction manuals. I would have saved all my Transformers boxes. For a long time. You didn't have a choice about those. No, 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 for a long time, I had all of my NES instruction manuals and boxes. I had the boxes stacked up in the corner of my bedroom. Wow. And then when we moved, I'm like, man, eh, these are garbage. I don't need these, no. and I threw, I voluntarily threw them out. Yeah. Like, like a normal, sane person. No. You know, I'm not, I'm not the collector. No, they
1: wouldn't have been worth that much more, honestly. Well, not that much more.
0: Super, even if they Super were Super Mario
1: mint. Three. In the box, Super Mario Two, nah, even mint. It's not. It maybe I. Uh, maybe double the price of the loose game but, um, what, what were you going to get 25 30 bucks I had for them? I had arcanoid with the special paddle controller wow well, that now you're talking like oh. 70 80 bucks there oh, 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 oh. But oh well that now you're talking with that one but um, yeah, I mean yeah I mean yeah I did I did the same but well, actually <clears throat> I was not I wasn't allowed to keep boxes my mother would just throw them out Like if I got something for Christmas I would have to I would make sure that I opened it Took everything out of the box because she was throwing (laughs) that stuff out by the end of the night. It's going in the garbage. Oh, yeah. So, no, I never kept. Actually, the only one I kept was I kept the N64 boxes because I was older. And how else was I going to store the stuff? Stupid N64 games with no end label. So I kept all of those. And I kept the system box. Yeah. And I kept the system box for, like, ten years and, like, an idiot threw it out. And it was like one of those Toys R Us exclusive boxes. So the lesson is from now on, never throw
0: anything uh, well, away. I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> Become a hoarder. No, I mean I do, I do have a lot of video games now, classic games, but I, I really don't have anything in boxes. Like I have the Genesis, because all the Genesis games came in the plastic box and a master system. And I kept those, but I just put them in like a, a plastic, couple of plastic bins and I just threw them in the, in the attic. Yeah, well, I don't display them or anything. Anyway, the, the so the other... safe.
0: Well, let me just—I'll get yeah, to maybe. that in a second. But the other day, I saw uh, E, E True Hollywood Story, no, but... and it was th- it was an E True Hollywood Story. Of, Haskins? No, I wish. It was the old sitcom Full House. Yeah. And, you know, like, they talked about... Uh, Cut it out. Yeah, they talked about Bob Saget and blah, blah, blah. You know, John Stamos and everybody. And then they got to talking about Dave Coulier. Ah, yes. And everybody... I mean,
1: dirt on Dave Coulier? Every,
0: well, everybody kept saying, like, oh, yeah, Dave Coulier, uh, his, his big thing on set was that he kept farting. Ah, oh, God. Like, every two seconds, he would make a really loud <laughs> fart, and they'd have to stop filming and, you know... Got Cut it out. <laughs>
1: well, you know, they had some... They it wasn't like a popularized reunion, but they, they recently had like a reunion of the cast members and I guess like took pictures and stuff and it was on oh, some yeah. of their Twitters. And um, so it was it, it was basically everybody that was on the show and, and they're like the creators and all that, except for the Olsons. Course. Those lowlifes did not show up in, in the, in the cast yeah. reunion. They're weirdos. Yeah, they're idiots. But, you know, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was watching that, and... Um, um, apparently, you know, I, I mentioned that also because, You can't do it. Apparently, um, I, I was watching it, you know, Candace Cameron, who is, um, you know, one of the, the <laughs> a, a, a cast members. A religious wacko, well, man, yeah. like her brother. Yeah. Kurt Cameron. Um, anyway, so uh, she was, you know, obviously she was on the show. And I mentioned that because all of a sudden, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is going <laughs> to premiere in a few weeks, I think. No, I think next, I think it's this week. It's, oh, yeah. It's premiering, yeah. I think it's this Thursday or next Thursday or something. But anyway, um, so one of the, the goofs that this, like, promotional stuff that they've done for the, the opening of the season is that they've recasted the show. <laughs> which makes no sense. It's like this goof where apparently um, Candace Cameron has been recasted as Charlie, <laughs> which makes no sense. Andrew Dice Clay is Frank. Oh, um, I'm there's some now, UFC huh? fighter guy has been is replacing D. I think. Oh no, he's Char- he's a Dennis. It's like UFC <laughs> fighter. Forget his name. And. Um, who the Who yeah, is Haley Joel Osment? Yes, Haley Joel Osment is is Mac. Well, he actually kind of looks like. Yeah, him and a they had a they found and they have a guy. I think it's, I think it's a black guy that's playing D. Uh, who is it? It's um. Uh, it just makes no sense. I think it, I forget the guy's an actor. Well, yeah. So they did like a couple of skits of them. And, you know, they're like, you know, with the actual cast members, and they're like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to roll in the residuals, or, you know, and then they're like, no, no, wait a minute, they can't replace us, and... You know, Hickory dickory uh, duck, go! It's kind of stupid, but... Um, yeah, Candace Cameron, uh, uh, looking pretty good, though. Yeah, but she's mental. Why is she mental? What do you mean? <laughs> she's not as bad as Kirk Cameron. Uh... Not as bad as
0: him. <laughs> I don't know about that.
1: Anyway, so yeah, I just mentioned that.
0: Um, So the safe, we're cracking a safe. Yes. Oh. So, as we mentioned in episode two oh three, I think.
1: Uh, Maybe I think it was before then. Wait, wait, wait. All right, let's let's
0: go to the tape. Episode two hundred two we mentioned that there is a 100-plus-year-old safe in my basement. Yeah. And obviously, I haven't opened it. The previous owner of the house had never opened it. It was there when she moved in. Mm. Who knows how long this thing... Well, it's been sitting there at least 60 years. The house is 60 years old. Yeah. So she said, you know, I'm moving... Um, I'm leaving it here in the house, so if you ever... It's on a jet plane. If you ever, uh, you know, get this thing open, whatever's in it is yours. So, alright. Now, this is a safe made by the Victor Safe and Lock Company.
1: Something. From long, long, long since uh, out of business.
0: Yeah, the, 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 the now defunct Victor Safe and Lock Company, based in Cincinnati, Ohio and they were as far as i can tell they were making safes from i guess like the the late 1800s until maybe the mid 1900s something now this particular safe i did some research and it is from the very early 1900s somewhere around 1901 so it's even it's it's 111 years old and um so, like we said, there's a world champion safe cracker... Yes. ...who lives in Clifton, New Jersey, who is local. Ironically. Jeff Sitar. And we contacted him, and he said, I'm going to come over, I'm going to open up your safe. I've never been able to not open up a safe. I've never... What, what do you say? I've never walked away from a safe no. without opening it. No. So, um... So he came over.
2: Yes, here we go. Okay, cool. what I'm going to do is I'm going to unpack my equipment. Oh, I'm okay. going to check the hinges to make sure the hinges... <coughs> see, a lot of times they, they cut the, the bolts and the hinges, and you can't see it because they cut it with a hacksaw. Okay. And uh, just check the door. I'm going to open it up an inch. What does it they... mean if they cut the hinge?
1: You open it's going to break your foot.
2: Oh, okay. I see, I see. The doors I'm going to fall. And what they do is they insert a hacksaw in here. Okay. And I've had about, I had several occasions where I would open the door and the door would actually fall on me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this door is about 100, 100 to 200 pounds. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to check that out. Okay. Pack up my equipment. Nice. It's all yours. Nice.
1: So what are you hoping is in this thing?
0: <laughs> Something. Uh-huh. I feel pretty stupid if it's empty. Excuse me? I said, I'll feel stupid if it's empty, but...
2: Why? Um,
0: I don't know, because I got my hopes up.
2: Which I probably shouldn't, but... Oh, that would probably be the only reason. but <laughs> to, For you to feel, you know, dumb for getting it open, that's not... No, just, no not at all. Okay, all, right, all, right, all right. Not
1: at all. I did think it was funny when you asked him... If there's something in here, do you think that's why it's this heavy? And he said, no, it's safe <laughs> filled with concrete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's on there.
2: There you go, sir. All
1: right. Can you see? I can see, yeah. It's there's another, another box. safe inside. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, it's unlocked. Ah. It's an inner safe. Uh, uh, there's a
0: rubber band <laughs> and a paper clip. Uh,
1: and there's nothing.
0: Uh, no booby traps.
1: It looks like it's some kind of <laughs> like they kept, you know, jewelry or something in there and so
0: why would they lock it?
2: it's probably just locked they, when they, they closed it. That, I guess. No, they they The last owners took this stuff out, spun the dial, maybe wrote the combination on a card or something, left it on top of the safe, it's been misplaced. Wow. Or they didn't. They didn't leave a card, you just locked it up. So it's like Al Capone's vault. (laughs) (laughs) That that carpeting, that weave of carpeting has been woven probably 125 years. Wow. So that's original. Yeah. And do you know why they put wood in the safes? Why? Wood is a less conductor of heat than metal. If you had a hundred dollar bill on a wooden shelf, uh-huh. I mean on a metal shelf, <clears throat> it would conduct a heat from a fire from the uh-huh. outside of the safe to the inside of the safe and burn it. Wood is the last conductor of heat.
1: So it's like a fireproof. Oh, wow. right?
2: Well. And it's pretty much pretty much intact on the inside. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. It's nice. You have all the gold cool. leaf. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Cool, I appreciate it
0: anyway. Now, now the mystery is
1: over. Yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery is over. All <laughs> hand-painted. Oh yeah, what does that say?
1: Something... Uh, oh, uh, 1885. 1885, 1885. Is that well, tra- well, that's just, a trademark. It? Nah, just uh, a trademark. That's just a trademark. In hoc signal... Mm-hmm. Well,
0: now the only yes. thing is... If I do want to sell this, how am I going to get it out of here?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That'll be the real challenge. 100 and, I think the the hundred and
2: would you say it was 1901? Well, yeah, yeah, early 1900s, yeah. It's definitely prior 1917. Yeah. Because of this concept of the handle being built into the <laughs> into the dial. How come they changed that? Just changed the design, I guess. Uh-huh.
1: Well they had to keep changing them to keep up with the safe crackers, I guess.
2: Yeah, the harder they made things for the bad guys. Yeah, it's true. The harder they make it for me. <laughs> I can't believe you opened. That's so cool. I love my job.
0: <laughs> Victor Safe and Lockham. Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: Mm. Do they still exist? <laughs> no.
2: Long gone. So
0: who's a big, safe company now?
2: Oh, there's a bunch of them. American Security Products, Goral, mm. ISN...
0: So it took you longer to do this than to do the bank
2: wall? <laughs> well, <laughs> they should yeah, well, this. That's... I'm taking my time on this, <laughs> and so plus it... The readings, I had to touch it with just glancing the, the edge of the skin on my finger. Yeah. Instead of bang-bang, you know?
1: So they should put this in banks instead of...
2: Nah.
1: Going <laughs> <laughs> f- be a small bank. No, I mean that mechanism. No. No. will be right back. Pause
0: this.
2: Up, so that's... So you just... F-
0: well, how do you control,
2: like, but, one at a time? Well, see, with my finger, I have to go back and... Hear that? Yeah. Hear that? Yeah. From that area, those clicks, every time I got one lined up, this would drop down further. So the clicks would be closer together. Oh, I see. Together. Okay. Yeah. But I had to touch the dial like this, just with the tip. I haven't had one on these in a long time. Wow. Very light. Because you're talking about a reading that was giving me the thickness of one hair. And that's why I use a magnifier. <laughs> wow.
0: So this was a challenge. Yeah.
2: Are a lot of the safes that you deal with, like, like little wall safes or... Anything. Yeah. From a Home Depot safe, which they're not really safes; They're toys.
0: What about the ones that it has a, a uh, what do you call it? Uh, LCD with the keypad. You can't, I, obviously you can't. No, I don't want to be like them. I drew them
2: open. Yeah. I guess those are cheaper anyway. Yeah. Probably. you're yeah. yeah. buying a safe, always buy a safe with the mechanical dial. The concept of the mechanical dial hasn't changed in hundred and fifty years. Tells you something. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not.
0: So this is Rob and Greg and we are in my basement with Jeff Sitar and he is the world champion safe cracker who just so happens to live in Clifton, New Jersey. <laughs> of
2: all places did you grow up here or what Well, I was born in Pennsylvania. I came to Passaic, New Jersey when I was about 18 months old and I bought a house in Clifton and I've been in Clifton for about 30 years. So were you cracking
0: safes before Clifton or after Clifton? Uh, probably uh,
2: before Clifton. It was before Clifton. How long have you been cracking safes? 35 years. I opened up my first safe when I was 15. Wow. That- what, what made you decide it- to get into that? I worked for a locksmith since I was 12 years old. And uh, he had an old book on a shelf called The Art of Manipulation, Opening Safes Using the Human Senses of Sight, Hearing, and Feel. I read the book. Pages were missing. It was kind of beat up. And like I said, I cracked my first safe when I was 15, and I said, you oh, know what, this is cool. Wow. This is what I want to do for a living. And I ded- dedicated my teens and my twenties to perfecting the art.
0: Now, how many other people out there can do what you do as well as you do? I don't know. Is it like, <laughs> you know, there's a million people out there, there's like one other guy,
2: um, I, I, is it very few? I really don't know. I think I'm one of very few people in New Jersey that could do it. And now you've been called for, like, to be a, a consultant on movie sets,
0: like heist movies. Yeah, or... I just did
2: the Tower Heist movie, and I had to teach Ben Stiller <laughs> stuff and Eddie Murphy and Gabby. So when, when, when they call you up, I designed the safe. Yeah. Oh, you cool. did. Yeah, I designed the safe mechanism inside. When they call you up and say, you know, hey Jeff, we want you to
0: come and be a consultant. What kind of things do they ask you to 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 show the
2: cast or? Um, what I have to show Gabby is how I hold the dial, what I feel for in the lock, um, uh, how I hear, uh, how I put on my hearing device, uh, how I put on my headphones—just stuff like that—to make it look as realistic as possible.
0: So they don't want to uh, <laughs> go about it, and you're sitting in the theater watching this Going, but that's not how it's done, right? right? Hey, they, for all the movies, yeah. Yeah, they want yeah. It to be
2: realistic, right?
0: We, oh okay. Um was I going to Oh, so let's say with this 1901, you know, circa 1901 Victor um company safe that you just cracked it took you, you know, whatever, like 25 minutes or whatever. How long would it take
2: you to do a master combination lock? Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's <laughs> so funny. You know, it's funny. I was at uh a... Are those good locks? I you know, a baseball or? game one time and people knew I was coming there and they were throwing me padlocks and really opening them it? up and throwing them back. <laughs> Are they very simple, like, S- it's S- simplistic S- mechanism or? Uh, you know, some of them, you know, might, might take me a little while, but it's the manipulation process as far as opening a safe and opening up a padlock is totally different. Oh, real? Okay. It's totally different. Okay. So. You can't really compare both So
1: them, them, like, throwing you and then throwing it back was kind of your way of, like, autographing something?
2: No, they just... I was going to be there. They had it locked it in. Have
1: the combo, too. It's like, here. Um, And then I was going to ask you... We saw
0: the... um, There was a Discovery Channel clip of you that I found on YouTube where you were opening bank vaults and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. How many specials have you done? Or or is that something you get called to do often? Uh,
2: I did... uh... Two, It Takes a Thief. I did the Discovery Channel, More Than Human. I did, I was on Modern Marvels. I was featured on Modern Marvels on the History Channel. I opened up five safes on a nuclear submarine on Good Morning America. Uh, I've been on TV several times doing some kooky stuff. I can't think of any more right now
0: what would you say it's like i know on your website it says you've worked obviously on movie sets and with the fbi and sultans and and you make house calls like the one today mm-hmm. what would you say makes up the the majority of those phone calls is it house calls or
2: <sighs> businesses or fbi or <laughs> i think the majority would probably be commercial whether it would be banks and jewelry stores and just regular stores out there you know, uh, that need safes open. And what, then, you know, part of it is also residential. Right. So, what, like, when a bank calls you up and says, you know, we need, you to, we need your services,
0: what, what exactly, like, did they forget the combination of the vault? Or, like, what, what do they need you to, to um, work on?
2: Or, a lot, or, maybe, or, like, a jewelry store. Or the, uh, sometimes uh, uh, the combination shifts and they can't get in with the same numbers they have. Or they, believe it or not, they lose combinations a lot of people don't commit combinations to memory. Yeah. You know, and uh, like I had this... Um, or if they want to change
1: them, if it's something like, like you were just, change, like you were showing us how to change that one, I mean. Yeah. If I had like a, a safe like that, I don't know if i want to change it myself.
2: Oh, absolutely like not, absolutely not. There's a, of, there's a lot of rules as far as uh, the combination, like each number should be at least 10 numbers apart, so you can't do a 10 and a 12. Right. Okay, at least 10 numbers apart. There's a forbidden zone inside the lock where all the parts drop in and if you set the combination in that the last number of the combination in that area it'll believe it or not it'll work fine eight or nine times and then it'll jam and there's mm-hmm. nothing i could do with my hands to manipulate that uh safe open it has to be drilled mm-hmm. right
0: now I know that, obviously I'm not an expert with safes, but I know, like, what is it, bank vaults or something? They have some kind of glass inside that if you drill, it breaks the glass. Like, how, how does that work? I know um, in, in this safe here, it doesn't have very that. Few,
2: but very few bank vaults do have glass. They have other features as, as far as I saw that in a movie. So. Uh, <laughs> yes, the glass, the glass is in back of the combination lock. <clears throat> One way the bad guys try to get into this safe is to try to knock the dial out and punch the lock back if it has glass it's going to break the glass which is connected to cables which is connected to relocking bolts that okay. actually shoot into place it could be one it could be two it could be four and it jams a safe shut now you have to know exactly where they are penetrate the door which is hard to do because of hard plate and pin them all back to open it up but your valuables are safe <laughs> as far right. as uh, right. you just can't get to them <laughs> yeah remember the stories I was telling about people think they're worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there was one, a uh, victor uh-huh. with the dial in the hand, the whole bit exactly like this. And the guy says, uh, you mind coming over to the house to tell me what my safe is worth? Mm-hmm. So I went over to the house and I told him, I says, uh, safe is worth between, I don't know, six to nine hundred dollars. He goes, no, you're wrong. He's an older guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're wrong. It's like, right, okay. My niece went on the internet. The safe is worth two grand. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know where she, this is in better condition. I don't know where she went on the internet. Oh, his niece, his niece, uh, went on the internet. of course. Oh, it's worth no, he was serious, he wasn't lying to me. No. well, then why did he call you? Yeah, if but he, was so, to he, verify, was, oh, he Lord, was so verify. I don't know so, if he was so. Oh, no, he wanted to see if I want to buy it. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, but the That's thing is, just because this is the thing I was...
1: Just because somebody puts it on eBay or Craigslist for $2,000 doesn't mean that's what it's worth. Well, you gotta see what they sell for. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I could put it there for $2,000 like I and I nobody checked, buys it. I checked
0: completed eBay auctions that actually sold and it was like around 600
1: Alright.
0: Not 2000 No. So Jeff, if, if you hadn't been able to figure out the combination how would you open it? Drill it or, or you can
2: open it? Haven't locked, walked away from a lock safe in 30 years. But um, just hypothetically? I would drill a hole in it, yeah. Uh. Drill a hole somewhere around this area and put a... Uh, what they call a It's a it's, It has a light source. Mm. Ever see the Italian job? <laughs> You look into it, right? So I would drill probably a quarter-inch hole, take the borescope. Sorry, take the borescope and look inside actually, and line them up one by one. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> but to put a hole in this thing would be a shame. Yeah.
0: Wow, cool. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for coming by and opening the safe and and uh, giving us all the information. Oh, I anytime. It. Thank anytime. you. Anytime.
1: Take care.
2: You too. And- do you want oh. to save like his website
1: or anything
0: or oh, yeah, so what what's
2: your website in case people have a safe they need? Uh my well, first of all, my phone number is nine seven three seven 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 zero six two zero. And my website is my name, Jeff Satar SafeCracker at hotmail dot com. Oh, yeah. What,
1: that's your email.
2: That's my email. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good too. And
0: uh so, well, I, Jeff Satar dot com. Yeah. Um and then one other thing, you said you were into classic cars or, or you bought a classic car. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a
2: 1966 Chevy Impala Fastback. And you're into martial arts? Yes, I'm a fourth-degree black belt in Hapkido, Karate, Goju, and how, I'm uh, how working on Kung Fu.
0: How long have you been studying that? Uh, probably about 25 years. Akido, yeah. that's like what Steven Seagal It done. Actually, is Hapkido. But oh, Akido is part of Hapkido. Any opinion on Steven Seagal? Or? <laughs> He's the real thing. He, really?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. He's the real thing. Well, at one point, I'm, I don't know about Matt. Wow, <laughs> we're all getting old. Ch- Chuck Norris. Or... He's he's he was the, real the real thing, thing too, too. Yes. yes.
0: Cool. So, any other martial arts? Heroes
2: or inspirations that you have? Well, of course it's Bruce Lee. Yeah. I mean, they'll never ever be another Bruce Lee
1: I don't know if you saw I was watching last night. In fact, I think it was um, Spike TV were airing at some new it was like an hour and a half I missed show it. Yeah, yeah I it was missed
2: like it. I am Bruce Lee.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was like a documentary or something. Yeah. It was really good I missed it last night. Yeah. I, you know, would replay it a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it's the spike show when, when, What about Jackie Chan? You know, it's funny, Jackie Chan saw me on the Discovery Channel in China. Wow. Wow. I didn't uh, know they had
0: a Discovery Channel in
2: China. I didn't either. And uh, he called me right. up, and he was making the Safecracker movie. And he wanted a copy of More Than Human. You know, where mm-hmm. I felt the feather inside the safe. Yeah. And he was wondering, like, the Discovery Channel was, you know, he's been on a Discovery Channel, and they weren't really, like, helping him out. <laughs> I don't know why, but Didn't believe him. anyway, so I got him the tape, and I sent him the tape, and uh, he was working on this movie called Robbie Hood, <laughs> nice. and uh, I got a beautiful autograph. If you're ever around the other end of the cliff, it's a beautiful autograph from Jackie Chan. It's the world's greatest safe cracker, you know, all nice. Chinese and stuff, really nice. And uh, then after he made the movie, he sent me... Uh, the DVD, which I couldn't play here. Oh, right, uh. right, right. Wrong <laughs> region. So, but one of my black belts uh, set up two uh, VCRs and two DVDs. I don't know how yeah. she did it. And I got it on VHS. Nice. And it really wasn't that much of a safe cracking movie, but I don't think it made the theaters here. No, no, Well, no,
1: he does Hong Kong, he still does like Hong Kong only movies. Oh really? Yeah, I think he's. St- I think he still does them. He did a lot, yeah. Yeah, because I think he finally. They were saying like he, he, he di- finally he directed, from... he directed this one.
2: Ah, uh, was he in it or no? He was in it, yeah. Oh, okay, but and he also. It. I don't know if it was first time. Yeah. He actually directed it. Yeah, it was his, his movie. Ro- what was it called? Robbing. Robin Robbie Hood. R O B dash B like Robin Hood, but Robby Hood. Hood. R R-O-B O okay. B dash B H O O D.
0: And who? If anyone is the most famous person, well, I mean, do you you said you worked with, like, Ben Stiller and stuff, but have you ever gotten a call, like, hey, I need you to come over and open my safe from a famous person?
1: S- oh, Spielberg. yes,
2: yes. Steven Spielberg? No, I'm not okay. no. <laughs> saying as an
1: example.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, a lot of them, yeah. Really? But you can't say. Of course not. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to get you. All right, Jeff, <laughs> thank you first... so much. All right. Take it easy, guys. All right.
1: Question. Yeah. As I look something up.
0: Why does... You remember Horatio Sands from Saturday Night Live? Awful. Um. And he was like, oh, he's like, oh, he's a big fat guy, right? (laughs) So why does Horatio Sands now look like a skinny Kevin Smith?
1: Have you seen him recently? No, I have not. He looks like Kevin Smith, but skinny. Well, he looks like Kevin Smith, but skinny. Yeah. All right. Why? Is he, yeah. What is he? What else is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: impersonating Kevin Smith.
1: I, I mean, you're in, you're trying to in, in, insult a guy who, who oh, looked my. like who looked like a dingbat to begin I'm with.
0: Not, I'm not insulting him. I'm just wondering the you know this change in uh, style or whatever
1: uh, let me see here I think this is the thing I was looking for um, yeah this is it so I saw this uh, somehow I got I saw this uh, somebody tweeted it the, there's like a fan made uh, Star Wars anime that somebody did like a short video Wow, and it's it's just like a space fighter scene from the original trilogy involving the Tie Fighters and Y Wings and stuff like that, um, and um, it's it's all you know it's anime so it's 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 a cartoon it's not CGI right and um, you know it's, I think it's a work in progress or something but well, let's check it you out know, this thing is incredible in the sense that this is what. Star Wars should be doing at this point. They, they should be allowing fi- not this nonsensical robot chicken garbage that we talked about in the last episode.
0: Well, yeah, in, in 203, Frank. we talked about the Star Wars detours, garbage. and I said, and you said it's animated. And I said, well, is it 3D, is it like the, the old hand drawn animation or is it computer? And you said, no, of course, it's the 3D CGI. It's terrible. And I said, why don't they do a, 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 a traditional you know 2D hand drawn animation? Yeah, well, here we go. Now there is one.
1: what did you think? Um, incredible. Hmm. I love the art direction. Well, it's in the, the Japanese style, which is anime. I mean, that's what it is.
0: Well, It, 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 it has that 1986 Transformers the movie look to it, which I absolutely love. Hmm. And the fact that somebody could make this at home on a computer and have it look this incredible and well, well I don't know done. how they made it, but... But, well, whatever, regardless, the fact that this is a fan project and it looks this, just, it, it, like, blowing me away. And then I look at something professionally produced by Lucas, like, The Clone Wars mm. or, you know, Detours. I'm not, I'm not saying that those are horrible, but it's like, I would, I would sit through six movies of this kind of animation, whereas I will not sit through six movies of no. the movies.
1: Well, the other thing, and by the way, the animator's name is Paul Michael Johnson. It's, I mean, it's fantastic. Um, Seriously, now the one thing is obviously there's no talking in it because it's short. It's only like three minutes, Um, and he does use real Star Wars sounds and music. Now that's the only saving grace for Lucas is he allows fans to do this stuff with the real audio and and stuff and doesn't sue them. Right um so he kind of you know he approves of this kind of stuff but at the same time he won't do it you know officially what i'm hoping is that someone you know george lucas or someone at
0: lucasfilm sees this and is so impressed that they hire this guy and and
1: and have him produce a a movie well it's not just it's not simply i mean i would rather see tv show but it's not simply a, a case of yeah. hiring this specific okay. guy. I mean, this is very good, and I'm not going to doubt that, but my well, my point is, and what I've made for many years, is this reminds me of what the Star Wars video game and computer games used to do and the n- novels that they used to have in the comics back in the 90s and early 2000s when they obviously they focused on the original trilogy, but they didn't sit... Now, some of the games were, you know, literally like playthrough of the movies. <laughs> right. With the main characters, and sometimes like these like secondary made-up characters, you would kind of you were kind of part of it, but not really part of it, and all that. And they were incredible games, so much fun. But there were other games like the Dark Forces games, where you were kind of Dark Forces Jedi Knight games, where you were kind of in that universe, but you weren't really, you know, with the main characters. Now, from what I had heard, this this live-action show that never got off the ground was supposed to be kind of in that vein but it was the problem was it was still like the clone wars anime that animated show they're still doing it was still in this like prequel kind of period it wasn't in the you know the trilogy period which well yeah it wasn't the classic period. yeah it, it, i don't understand what this guy has against it he loves the prequel it's ridiculous it is but- but maybe, he's not even involved with this stuff anymore. He has very, very little involvement. Well, then I don't know. I was gonna
0: say maybe the prequels had gotten bashed so much over the years that maybe he keeps focusing on on all well, these little side projects to to me, to kind of like
1: legitimize them. No, it's it's not so much that. It's it, I don't know what the, what the deal is. Honestly, I, I I really don't understand what what the problem is. But this is what I want to see. I think this is what most Star Wars fans want to see. They want to see something like this. And here's the thing. I don't have a problem... I don't even have a problem with the Clone Wars in the in a sense of the, the period of the Star Wars mythos that it does. That's not my main issue. My main issue is not... Well, number one, the CGI. I hate the way they do yeah. the CGI in those shows. Number two, the other problem I have is... It's boring... It's boring. Mm-hmm. This is the problem I have with it. It's just boring. And this is right. like Esteban when we talked with him about the Transformers Prime show. The Transformers Prime show. I actually like their CGI that they have in it. It's pretty cool. Um, the you know the robots are not like they're they're still pretty simplistic. You know they're not overly right. complicated. So they're, it's more of a, a like an homage to the Generation One. So I like all that about it. But uh, the main problem I have with it, it the the feel of it, it just drones on forever. It, the episodes just take forever. And it's like the plot never goes anywhere. And every conversation is like... It's like a soap opera. Exactly. Oh my God, it just takes forever. That's exactly forever. what it is. It just takes forever. Well, here's my thing. The and thing you know the, car- well, the main problem I have is Optimus Prime in that show is... Not to get off track. Completely wooden. Oh. I mean, he is absolutely wooden, and Megatron is it's the same thing. I am mean, Optimus Prime. We must not harm the humans. And so, like the other night, you know, the Hub again has. Have do you watched the Hub, the, the yeah. old episodes? Yeah. So they had a, a Generation <laughs> One episode. they actually oh. had the first one on the other night. not watching it all. They every time I go on the guide, yeah, and
0: I see the original Transformers cartoon. Well, it's not like midnight. It's either. The very first, like, couple of episodes, more than meets the eye. Yeah. Or it's stuff from, like, towards the end with Quintessons. They don't show it in order anymore? They haven't. Every
1: time I check, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's like the Quintessons again? Uh, I want to see the earlier stuff. That's like when we were kids and they would show the same episodes over and over. No, when it first came on uh, a while back, when that G.I. Joe first came on the hub, they showed every episode in order. But I thought you had the D. You don't have DVDs anymore. Well, I had the Rhino one. Uh, you gotta get the Shell factor. Nah. Anyway, they have no, no, the Yeah, I know, I
0: know, I will. I will. Anyway, yeah. But so my point is, this whoever, is what I want to see. Me too. And whoever did this animation has that that you know that classic animation sensibility so like perfected. Because you know, like, like like someone else could make a two dimensional. No, but it,
1: it, it's this is this is what anime is, though.
0: Right, but I'm saying someone so, yeah. else, like just the fact that it's two dimensional traditional animation, yeah. isn't what I really love about it. It's that sensibility of, of like you know like the Japanese style where there's a lot of parallax scrolling well, yes. and 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 the lighting and yes. the shading the and the colors. It is this is so perfectly done. Yeah, man, it looks like Voltron. Like I, yeah, like I said, it looks like the the original Transformers
1: the movie, which I love. I love that look. I love that aesthetic. That was on the other a couple of nights ago, on the hub. It's one of my favorite. It was on movies. like a, a couple Fridays ago. They had it on um, in HD. Well, Now the thing actually, that I in they've never done HD for
0: that. The thing that I don't like about most computer animated TV shows, like. Um, Transformers Beast Wars and um, Star
1: Wars Clone Wars Transformers Prime. Well, Beast Wars is a good example. Another show that just droned on forever. It was just but the the the, you know like but the the, much talking. But the the thing visually that I don't like about those
0: shows is that growing up with the Generation One Transformers and GI Joe and and animation in general. It was so, like, even the dark scenes, like what we just watched here, the the Star Wars, a lot of it took place in in shaded, dark areas inside spaceships. Yeah. In in outer space, it's black, but there's still a vibrancy to it. Whereas, you know, Beast Wars, Transformers Prime, um, what was the other one I said? Uh, The Clone Wars, these three dimensional cartoon shows, they look so muddy and so Mm. dull. And I know they're going for a realistic look, but it, but I feel like everything just gets washed out and blends into, like, well, like like I, I miss that crispness and that vibrancy of the old cartoons. Yeah, well, that gets lost in the three dimensional
1: cartoons. Yeah well. Anyway, so anyway, another thing I was I was looking at the <laughs> other day because episode two oh three when we were talking about the me when I met John Schneider.
2: That no, um, was two oh two.
1: Two hundred three okay. with Bob Budden. Yes, right. Two hundred two. All right. So, I was looking. On, I had this as a kid. You know, you remember the big wheels, the plastic <laughs> yeah. like tricycles that they had in the eighties. I think they were actually called power cycles, but or I guess it maybe depended on who made them.
0: Yeah, different. But
1: ones. I had this one. I had this Dukes of Hazard one.
0: I remember the commercials for the Dukes of Hazard. Really? Yeah, because I remember the boy on the commercial would be riding it, and, yeah. and the big gimmick was... It had the handbrake? Or... Yeah, it had the handbrake, and you can do, uh... Spin. You call, yeah, you could, like, spin around in the yeah. bike. And I knew someone who had one, and guess what? You don't spin around in the bike. Yeah, you did. He didn't.
1: Well, that was the easiest thing to do with those. Well, he didn't. You would go really, really fast. And you, the thing was, you had to pull on the handbrake and turn the wheel at the same time. And you well, would do like a 360. Well, 60. we didn't do that. Oh, no, he's so. stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I had this one uh, when I was a little kid. And um, I don't think there's any pictures of me. Because I was looking. I don't think there's any pictures of me on this. Yeah. But somewhere, my father took a home video of me like going up and down the sidewalk you know, ages ago. So... The thing I always hated when I was little
0: about these big I wheels, or the power wheels, or whatever it was called, the power cycle, was that maybe I was just a little too big at the time, I don't know, but I would just never be able to go anywhere. Like on a regular bicycle, a two-wheel bicycle, well, I get true. on, I pedal, I move. I'd get on the big wheel, I'm like I'm moving the wheel, uh, like the wheel's just spinning in place, like I'm not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, you kind of had to ride, I think you, they were really meant to like ride on the sidewalk. Again, I uh, can maybe there's more grip, but yeah, once they got beat up, they were basically useless, <laughs> they were junk. I mean, they were cheap. So, anyway, one of the yeah. things I was looking at with this was I was just wondering, you know, I always want actually, this one was made by Coleco oh. Dukes of Hazzard one. So, I was like wondering, you know, how much was this thing back in the day? And I found like a couple of ads, wow. like you know, Esteban or Fern Esteban on his. Bl- uh, on his website in his podcast always finding old like robot ads the vintage space toaster yes so I happened to find this one uh, you know way back Dukes of Hazard power cycle um by Coleco. yeah so it was like 25 or 30 bucks <laughs> That's back in the day I guess back then that was like a hundred dollars uh not necessarily no, it was I mean, probably I mean, like 60 dollars yeah I'm just saying I because I, I was just like going through I'm like oh I bet you these things were a lot a lot of money and it turns
0: right. out it wasn't that much. Wow. Look, a, a, a Toys R Us. You could buy a pool. Coleco made a swimming pool. Yeah, A full made size, a, a, a 15 foot by 4 foot deep swimming pool for $480. There's Huffy bikes. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 here we go. Atari,
1: Atari 800. No, 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 no. Commodore VIC 20. Oh, $90. Wow, 90 bucks. No, what year is Coleco this? ColecoVision, $150. nineteen eighty? probably 82. Oh, it says 83. July of 83. Wow. Yeah, there's your ColecoVision there, $150. The games were like 30 Of For some reason, Zaxxon was $50. Wow. Up um, oh, There's the, the Atari 5200 Trackball, 75 With $75 <laughs>
0: for the Trackball?
1: Uh, hang on. Wow. Um,
0: Wait, a a 10-inch color monitor for a Commodore VIC-20 was $280
1: for a 10-inch screen! Alright, then we have the Atari, actually it was the Atari 400, after a rebate was $100. That was a really old, that was the first
0: one, 1977. Yeah. So you could buy a 6, how much was it? How much was the 400? The what? The Atari for
1: a hundred dollars after the mail-in rebate or something. So a
0: six-year-old computer for a hundred bucks. That's actually. <laughs> oh wait, they got more stuff. I mean, today if you want to buy a, a
1: computer, it's like what five hundred dollars. It was a
0: hundred, but that was a good price. Uh, of course, you couldn't do
1: anything with it. Okay. But... Twenty-six hundred after rebate. It was $100, a hundred dollars a thirty-dollar mail-in rebate. Uh, Games were like thirty bucks. Hmm. Uh, up oh, there's your, the Odyssey, oh, god, Odyssey 2, yeah, awful, he's, ColecoVision, a bunch of bikes, Masters of the Universe, uh, Power Cycle, yeah, somebody I knew from had Tanks. this, somebody I knew had that, that was like 25 bucks, yeah, and a bunch of little stuff, awesome Star Wars toys, um, what is that, the, the armored snow speeder? Yeah, the snow speeder from 15, Empire Strikes Back, $15.
0: Uh, Death Star World action play set.
1: Yeah, whatever. $26. Yeah, worth a little bit more than that now. <laughs> oh, Duke's of H- I had these, the Dukes of Hazard figures. Um, oh, this is cool. Star Wars stuff. He-Man. Yes. Man, they were three bucks each.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, with the mail-in, they were originally four whatever. fifty. yeah. And then you could get a $1.25 mail-in
1: rebate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, I mean, Transformers. Oh, the no, Transformers weren't out yet. What is that computer? computer? Simon, oh, I that. don't know. That's yeah, junk. Tonka stuff, some more Star Wars stuff. Uh, E.T. Some kind of E.T. thing. Castle. Gra- yes. Wait. Well. Wait. Wait. Wait.
0: Wait a minute. Castle- eighteen bucks. Castle school is only eighteen dollars. Well, twenty bucks. I remember I got that for Christmas, in, uh, I think it was second grade. Yeah. And it came in this huge box yes. and my grandparents got it for me. And I was like Well I had that and I had the, what was no, the? my not my grandpar my parents got it for me. And I was like, oh my god, this must have cost hundred dollars. Twenty dollars? That's
1: it. Now I mean obviously there's been inflation, but I'm just I'm thinking about like what what did twenty, 20 bucks go for then? In eighty three. Like that's probably like probably like fifty bucks now. Yeah, so $60, I mean, it's $60. not. I mean, it wasn't super cheap.
0: Yeah, but I feel like it, it, maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like if I were to go to a Toys R Us, yeah, right it now, would have been like
1: eighty, ninety, hundred dollars. Yeah. That Ripple. what? How could it be? It's a pl- hunk of plastic that they make for big sixty it's cents. It's huge. It's a castle that matter. I know. Yeah, I had that one, and I had the uh, Skeletor one. What was this called? Snake Mountain. Yeah. And yeah, they got thrown out. All right. Anyway. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Um, what else do I got? Uh, have you seen this this uh, new game show on the Game
1: Show Network called Baggage? Never. It's- I don't watch the Game Show Network because we don't have it in HD. Well, we don't either, but... I know. Well, I'm just saying. That's why I mean, I it, comes in, it. it comes in pretty good, though. I don't care. I don't want to go through the SD <laughs> channels. Anyway, so
0: it's this new game show called Baggage. It's hosted by Jerry Springer. <laughs> and... It's, it, it, it's a, a dating show. Yeah. So, they'll get either a man or a woman, and then they'll get the three potential dates. Like, if it's a man, then they'll get three women. Now, the twist is that each of the women has three suitcases. And they open up each suitcase one at a time. So, let's say it's a man, three women come out, they'll each open up the small suitcase. And it's like, okay, let's see what your first piece of baggage is. And it's like, you know, I, I bite my nails. I smoke cigarettes. Uh, I, uh, I'm deaf in one ear. And now the man has to decide, can he live with that or does uh. he want to eliminate someone? Sorry, <laughs> right. He's like, eh, you know what, who cares? I can live with those three things. So then, are like, all right, now you're going to open up your, your medium suitcase. And now it's something a little bit more, uh, worse. you know, it's something God. a little bit worse. So it's like, well, uh, you know, I've gotten into 10 car accidents in the last <laughs> year. It's like, oh, all right, you're a bad driver. You know, I've, I, I eat cans of dog food. Uh. You know, and then the other one might be like, I, you know, I do drugs or something. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, let, let, let's eliminate the drug person. Yeah. And then finally, it's like, all right, now you're going to open up the big suitcase. And then it's like, you know, I've been to jail for murder. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I used to be a man. Um... So anyway, so the other night, one of them, um, it was a woman and there were three men. And one of the guy's baggage was, he eats, he eats dog food and he, he uh, steals money out of his grandmother's
1: wallet. And, she,
0: and the woman still agreed to go
1: out with this guy. Okay. It was probably made up anyway. <laughs> well, it's yeah, be I think I recorded this because you're going to be need, you need to watch this again.
2: <laughs> All right, so start
0: at zero, left four times 12. Does that count as one or no? Yeah, that's okay. one.
2: I think out of 35 years of doing this, this is the first time anybody has ever saw that or has ever done that. Recorded me showing how to use the combination oh. for future... <laughs> I, if it were me I would need to do that because I'd never be able to remember five years it. that somebody ever videotaped me with, uh, opening instructions with the combination
1: because you know what it is I've gotten so used to like if I can't figure something out anything I'm doing I just go to YouTube really yeah okay. just go to YouTube and see alright well this is how somebody else did it and I just follow the instructions rather than yeah. reading it It's it's so much easier visualizing it yeah For there you, go.
2: Shot. Yeah, well, you don't need it you missed your calling as a safe back <laughs> let's see if you can do it again can you train me I'll be your apprentice there you go you're halfway there <laughs> <laughs>